you would open your Bibles to Acts, the second chapter. Acts chapter 2. Can you imagine how exciting it would be to attend a gospel meeting, to hear the, the gospel preached by one who was obviously just infused with the Holy Spirit, who was, who was obsessed and, and possessed by the Spirit of God, preached the gospel, and then with the preaching of that gospel message, can you imagine the excitement that there would have been to see the salvation of 3,000 souls? Now, this is something that happened over 2,000 years ago, so we can't be there physically, but we should be able, based upon a study of the event itself, to come to have that excitement. 3,000 people that day Luke writes by inspiration in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, on that day there were added about 3,000 souls. What was it that produced that? What was it that, that caused these 3,000 sinners to become Christians? Well, the first thing... I would say in response to that question is they came to believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be. The Bible says that they knew for certain. You can see that in Acts the second chapter in verse 36. Let all the house of Israel know for certain. And they came to know for certain. But how do you come to have the certainty, the faith, that's going to say. Now I want you to write three things down if you're keeping notes, taking notes. First, miracles. Second, prophecy. And third, eyewitness testimony. How can you come to know for certain? Well, how do they come to know for certain? What was the basis of their faith? It was miracles. Fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy an eyewitness testimony. Notice Acts 2 and verse 22. Peter, as he began this sermon, said, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. The proof that he was the Son of God was the miracles. Notice the use of the word attested. In the world of accounting, there is the audit function. There is the attest function. What the auditor does is look for proof to substantiate the number that is reported on the financial statement. The word attestation has significance. What God expected was not that they would believe just because someone said it was so, but they expected, God expected them to come to have faith based upon the miracles that he would perform through this Jesus. Now, secondly, notice in verse 31. I said miracles, 
Secondly, prophecy. He looked ahead. Acts 2 verse 31, Peter speaking. And he's speaking of what David wrote in the 16th chapter of the book of Psalms. This was a messianic prophecy. It was a messianic psalm. David was not writing of himself, but he was writing of someone else. He looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ that he was neither abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh suffer decay. Peter wanted them to understand that he was not only who he claimed to be based upon the miracles that he performed, but he also fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. Chapter 3 and verse 18, this same apostle Peter later would preach the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that as Christ would suffer, he is thus fulfilled. Going back now to verse 24 of the second chapter of the book of Acts, noting the preaching and the teaching of Peter, God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible, I'm sorry, chapter 3 and verse 24, and likewise all the prophets have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announced these days. God has been speaking of this for thousands of years. That is what Jesus would do, what he would accomplish on the cross. Now in chapter 2 and verse 32, this God, this Jesus God raised up again to which... There's number three. We are all witnesses. They knew for certain because of the miracles. They knew for certain because of the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And they knew for certain because of the eyewitness testimony. Notice how all three of those are found again in John's gospel in the 20th chapter beginning where John, as he brings his gospel account to a close, he writes in verse 30, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written so that you may believe. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. They knew for certain, based upon the miracles, was belief, let's ask this question, was faith only what they needed? In chapter 5 of John's Gospel, take note of what was said here among those who lived during the time by Jesus. He said, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is these that testify about me. Again, there were the miracles. There were the scriptures, the prophecy. And he's speaking to those who were his enemy. They didn't believe. They didn't believe based upon the miracles. They didn't believe based upon the prophecy and the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Jesus said in verse 46, For if you believed Moses, who was a prophet, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But they didn't. That is, the enemies of Christ at this time, they did not believe. In this same book, chapter 21 and verse 24, and this is a verse we didn't cover in the earlier lesson, 
But you'll notice in chapter 21 and verse 24, this is the disciple who is testifying to these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. How do you know for certain? Miracles, prophecy, and eyewitness testimony. People can be saved today on the same basis as those who were saved 2,000 years ago. If you're here this morning and you never obeyed the gospel, do you believe that Jesus performed those miracles? Do you believe that Jesus was the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy? Are you willing to accept the testimony of eyewitnesses, eyewitness testimony? Then you can be saved today just like they were over 2,000 years ago. But there was something else. They wanted salvation. You'll notice in Acts chapter 2, in verse 37, when they heard this, heard what? Peter's preaching. Peter's servant. Miracles, prophecy, and eyewitness testimony. When they heard this, when they heard Peter say, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? They wanted to know. What else is there for us to do? They wanted salvation. They didn't just walk away from that knowledge. They didn't just walk away from that mental assent that Jesus was who he claimed to be. They wanted to be saved. They wanted to be forgiven of their sins. And they were willing to do then and there whatever was necessary so that they could be forgiven. In the 8th chapter of the book of Acts, we see this in the Ethiopian eunuch. After Peter preached to him, based upon Isaiah chapter 53, that Jesus was the fulfillment of this prophecy, they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Well, if you're here this morning and you've never obeyed the gospel, there's water behind me. If you really want to be saved, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the question that you ought to be asking is, what prevents me from being baptized? It is that question that demonstrated a desire on their part to be saved. The Philippian jailer. The Philippian jailer. What was the question that he asked in verse 30 of Acts chapter 16? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do? They wanted salvation. Now many in the religious world as you know, as you well know, would believe and would teach that you don't have to be baptized to be saved and that all you have to do is to believe. Well, an apostle under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, going back to Acts chapter 2, an apostle under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if that were true, when they ask him, what shall we do? Would this not have been a good place and a good time for an apostle under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to say, you don't have to do anything. You believe. I see your faith in the question, the piercing of your heart. There's nothing else for you to do. If all you have to do is believe, then there is nothing else at this point for you to do because you've been saved. Now, Peter might also have said, now you can be baptized later, 
as an outward expression of an inner faith. Read through your Bible. See if you ever see that language, that terminology in, in regards to baptism. It's an outward expression of an inner faith. See if you can find that in, in, in the scriptures. And if you can, bring it to me. And I'll, I'll change what I would say about that. In the seventh chapter of John's gospel, officers were told to go and to bring Jesus by Jesus' enemies. But the officers didn't do that. They came to the chief priests and the Pharisees and they said to them, why did you not bring him? And the officers answered and said, never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. The Pharisees then answered them, You have not also been led astray, have you? And then this is what they said. No one of the rulers or Pharisees has believed in him, has he? None of us believe. Now maybe that was true at that point in time. But would it always be true? It may not have been true at that point in time. You move over to John chapter 12. You'll notice in verse 42, many of the rulers believed in him. So there were rulers among the Jews who believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Were they going to be saved by that faith? Were they going to be saved by that belief? Were they asking the question, what, what must I do? But because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they love the approval of men rather than the approval of God. You see, there are those who believe, but they never do anything. They never ask the question, what must I do to be saved? So faith only will not save. I think one of the best proofs of that is a statement that we find in the book of James, the second chapter in verse 19, when James was writing actually about saving faith and tells us that you can't be saved on the basis of faith alone. He writes in verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. You know, the demons were some of the first to confess. During the, the ministry of Christ, the demons were some of the first to confess that Jesus was the Son of God. They knew who he was. Were they saved? Were they saved? Is, is belief enough? Belief is not enough. If you want salvation, you're willing to do what must be done. And what must be done and what was done on that particular day, they received the word. Now there's more to that statement than might appear on the surface. In Acts, the second chapter in verse 40, with many other words, he solemnly testified and he kept on exhorting them to be saved from this perverse generation. We talked in the book, our class on the book of Ecclesiastes, the first chapter about how history repeats itself. You think about a perverse generation. Well, do we have a perverse generation now? They had a perverse generation then. There's always some perversity among every generation. So then those who had received his word were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Now why did they receive the word? 
What was it on that particular day, at that particular moment in time, that caused them to listen to what was being said by these apostles with respect to what it was that they needed to do? Acts chapter 1, Luke writes, the first account, verse 1, I composed the office about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering, and we read about one of these earlier, by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Why did they receive the word? Because they saw the baptism of the Holy Spirit that came upon these men. They knew that the message that was being preached truly was the Word of God as evidenced by the work of the Holy Spirit in the apostles as they were able to speak other languages. Chapter 2 of the book of Acts, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire. Never happened before. As distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. That's why they received the word. They received the word because they believed that it was the words of God. In verse 33 of the second chapter, Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, Peter explains, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. Peter explained to them what was happening. And based upon that explanation, they knew that this was God's word and they listened to it. And when they listened, they heard that Jesus was attested by God with miracles. They heard that Jesus was the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. They heard that, that there was eyewitness testimony. There were those who were there who witnessed the resurrection, who had spent time with Jesus. And because of all this, they wanted to be saved. And based upon that desire, they received the Word. And they were baptized. In James chapter 1 and verse 21, therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. They understood that. They knew as Peter came to realize in his own life that only Jesus had words of eternal life. If you want to be saved, you've got to listen to him. You've got to listen to those who were sent by him. You've got to listen to the apostles who preached the gospel, who preached the truth, and who performed miracles just like Jesus and proved that they were ones who were sent by God. In 1 Thessalonians, when Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, he thanked God for them. And, and he said of them, he said, For this reason we thank God, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, we thank, constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God, you receive the word which you heard from us, you accept it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God. They accepted it as being the word of God because of the ones who were speaking it. 
And it was proven to be the Word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. And when they believed and they received the Word, they repented of their sins, they confessed their faith, and they were baptized to have their sins washed away, God performed the work within them. It wasn't just the water. It was their faith. It was their belief. It was saving faith that resulted in their obedience to the gospel. 3,000 were saved on that day. Multitudes were saved thereafter. And throughout human history... Hundreds of thousands have been saved based upon the preaching of the gospel and the belief in that gospel. If you're here today and you've never obeyed the gospel, we would encourage you to do the same. Please come as we stand and sing.